Blog Talk Radio. Presenting yourselves on this battlefield, I give you thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. Oh, the English are too many.
appeared before the Congressional Committee to tell what I knew of activities which might lead to an attempt to set up a fascist dictatorship. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Let's talk to Will in Arizona. Thanks for holding her on the air. First off, I am a Prison TV Planet member. Awesome, brother. Go ahead and into your points, and I'll hold you over if need be. Um, if you really want to have an unbridged idea of what is going on today, look at... Uh, it's actually a YouTube video, but it's a, it's a documentary, uh, Adolf Hitler, uh, The Greatest Story Never Told. He actually kicked out a lot of the bankers because they were trying to implode Germany after World War I. And it was the bankers. And uh, when I was watching that, it was five hours long. And I started listening and saying to myself, wait a minute, They're, they are just repeating history. But because we are so dumbed down in the sense of our historical knowledge. Well, I haven't seen the documentary you're talking about. Uh, but uh, people can, I guess, check it out for themselves. In the very well-made, excellent and moving documentary called Adolf Hitler, The Greatest Story Never Told. I want you to do something for me as well, and I would really appreciate it. Before you listen to this interview, I want you to watch the documentary. I know you want to listen to this program right away, but if you haven't already seen it, I want you to stop this program right now and go watch the documentary first. And I'm adamant about watching the documentary because one of the biggest turtles that the majority of people seem to have, they're basically just kind of set in their ways and they argue that they already know everything that they need to know concerning this topic. Well, I can promise you, people, you don't know one-tenth of it. I seriously had a panic attack after I watched that documentary, The Greatest Story Never Told. Uh, and for days afterward, I was really shook, shook up. I, it was it had such a profound impact on me, and, and everything started making so much sense. And I felt so. I mean, I've always felt kind of betrayed by, by the powers that be, but I felt more betrayed than ever. And mm -hmm. I started and I started looking back on my entire life and yep. looking back at all the movies that I'd seen. I just couldn't believe it. I thought if they could pull off this, then anything is possible. Anything. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, that one, you know, I would encourage anybody watching this or listening to this to, to watch that hasn't seen that documentary to watch it and you can go with, back with and, an open mind, uh, open mind and listen to that interview that you did with um, Dennis Wise recently. But that's most likely what, what got us censored from iTunes, by the way, too. that show. Yeah, well, that uh, shows it, what we're not allowed to talk about. It's just yeah, it's yeah, off exactly. limits, you know, and that's what when I was going through that sort of panic attack re realization. That was it. That was, the red, that was the big red flag. I was like, oh my God, Like, of course. Of course we're not being told the truth because we're not allowed to talk about this issue. When you're not allowed to talk about something, then that's, that's like the red flag right there. If it's off yeah. limits, then that's the thing you need to talk about the most. And, to, and the rule to remember is that history is written by the winner. I can promise you, people, you don't know one-tenth of it.
uh, I guess I offered him a place to stay, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the full story. I don't want to comment on it. But, you know, when I offer something to somebody or when I say something, hey, look, it's, it's – you know, if you're, you know, if you got some anal retentive issues where you can't, you know, be patient about things, then, you know, I'm not a doctor here, but I'm willing to help out anybody, and I always have. Um, you know, um, I did it uh, this past summer where I helped out a veteran uh, came up from Florida, and, uh, you know, t- t- the guy basically was useless. I mean, you know, he had maybe maybe he had a good heart, but. You know, it was useless as far as you know. And I'm not a doctor. I can't. I can't be a convalescent home taking care of people here. You know, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just that you, I, you can only give so much. You know, but uh, and, and that's the problem we face in life. You know, people have to understand this, and this is why we need to correct our problems and fix the things that and the times in which we live. We raise the youth, and we raise that youth to be strong and trained up and well trained and understand the times in which they live in, and then they can progress and then they take care of their fathers and mothers and whatnot but if we have to coddle our fellow neighbors because they have which which we know people you know they come from broken homes they get a you know they uh bad things happen but you know these are the problems of society that we have to address but we can do it together and there's no problem too big that we can't handle together so but uh we're in a war here we're in an information war in the new world order and people need to understand that the quicker we understand that, and we understand when when this is going to be happening and how it's going to be happening. This is something that's going to be implemented here within the next five years, and I believe these midterm elections are really going to tell the tell tape of uh, the Biden uh, uh, fiasco. And this is the end of the presidency of the United States. The respect that we have for it, because we see it's a joke now with the old man that's there that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So uh, let's, let's, uh, if you if you look back at the, the shaping of this new world order over the past 15 years, you'll it's so blatantly uh, right there in front of you. But uh, we'll play this there, and uh, anybody here wants to queue in late six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press the number one. For example, I have in my possession a secret map made in Germany by Hitler's government by the planners of the new world order. And the hope that each of us has to build a new world order. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order can emerge, a new era. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Now we can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there is a very real prospect of a new world order. So President George Bush has talked time and time again about the new world order, and this is the best chance to begin to establish the new world order. And after 1989, President Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. As I've told you before, because I love it so much, they also created the Great Seal of the United States. And that Great Seal of the United States has on it, Novus Order Seclorum, a new order for the centuries, for the ages, forever. Now much has been said by the Secretary of State and others about a new world order about a defining moment in history. What kind of new world order we really create? With the end of the Cold War, 
Henry Kissinger pointed out in his superb book on diplomacy. He said, none of the most important countries which must build a new world order have had any experience with the multi-state system that is emerging. Never before has a new world order had to be assembled from so many different perceptions or on so global a scale. When really a new world order can be created, it's a great opportunity. It isn't a crisis. It's a need for a new world order. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once, and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world and, and, and then President Bush, at the end of, the, of that, we have promised he would full graduation address and full commencement addresses, describing that new world order and what America's role is going to be in it. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. Why the world has changed so much and why the world has turned so much towards a new world order and a new kind of civilization. But the point here is, it's not about me, it's about the idea of freedom. It's you about the future of the whole region. It's about the future of Europe and a new world order. The transatlantic partnership was never just the foundation of our security. And came a new Europe, a new world order. The pieces are in flux. Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. I think a new world order is emerging, and with it the foundations of a new and progressive era of international cooperation. We have resolved that from today we will together manage the process of globalization, what I believe is our destiny of success in this new world order. It is a new world order with significantly different and radically new challenges for the future. India and China are clearly becoming part of our new order. Your world order is about a balance of power, but it's also about a commonly accepted rules about what ought to be the, the operating system of the world, how ought it to be set and changed. The concert of Europe, quote, had a deeply conservative sense of mission. Based on respect for king and hierarchy, it prized order over equality, stability over justice. In your view, are those still the world's priorities? I think they need to be. We need to think about order very differently in the 21st century. That if you live in a world of globalization, to make a long story short, nothing stays local for long. If uh, you're India and you decide that your economy forces you to uh, generate a lot more electricity and the easiest way to do it is through coal, uh, this will have climate change consequences for everyone else. And we, what we want to do is set up, uh, set up these rules through consultations and negotiations. Here's what every sovereign entity, including the United States, is obligated to do. Uh, we agree to the set of behaviors and rules or norms. And then we'd also agree how do we uh, incentivize countries to live up to it, how do we give them capacity if they lack it to live up to it, how do we penalize or deals, deal with those who, who violate it. And this present window of opportunity during which a truly peaceful and interdependent
useful period of time because you really need to bring China into the clear of a new uh, 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 world order, financial world order, uh, uh, recapitalize uh, the banks, and and then work on a better world order where we work together to resolve problems that confront humanity, like global warming. But it is the awareness itself that will drive the change. And one of the ways it will drive the change is through global governance and global agreements. It's past the point of talking. Um, we know historically that the global governance um, the sort of agenda um, to these issues is, is very hard to try and it, 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 with all of its intentions it's very hard to actually activate. The European countries are binding together slowly, forming you. Eventually we will see the rise of a single world government. 2009 is also the first year of global governance with the establishment of the G20 in the middle of the financial crisis. The Climate Conference in Copenhagen is another step towards the global management of our planet. Today, Europe can propose the principles and rules that will shape a new global order. The moment où tout le monde aura compris qu'il était temps de changer, temps de donner un nouveau visage à la mondialisation, temps de construire un nouvel ordre mondial, politique, économique, social, ainsi sur de nouveaux principes et de nouvelles règles. Au nom de l'Europe, en tant que président de l'Union européenne. So, uh, intense cooperation more and more in, in, in Latin America and all the Arab, uh, Arab countries. So I see a world order in the future with a multipolar world order. We can build the 21st century world order. The nature of the security threats we all face is completely different today from even a few years ago. Proliferation of weapons of mass destruction, new arms races, terrorist fighters, but also the impact of security issues probably the most pressing ones of our time. Because we can be somehow, and many more than others, a security provider at large. Today, I believe Europe knows that military means are sometimes necessary. And there is no ambiguity about that. We know that. And this is why we have, in the last two years, built at last the European defense. A dream that our founding fathers and mothers always dreamt of, but never managed to accomplish. And now it's done. We have united as European Union the second largest defense budget in the world. Together, joining forces, we are definitely uh, a superpower, economically and also in security terms. Europe of defense is now a reality with solid foundations, and this is our contribution, the European Union contribution to the security of our citizens, first and foremost, but also it is our commitment to a more cooperative, multilateral new world order. It is our commitment to a more cooperative new world order. Our commitment to a new world order. Our commitment to a new world order. New world order. All right, everybody. Okay. Just trying to educate you there, uh, understanding the times in which we live today. Uh, it's been coming uh, for, for a little bit of time now, you know, this thing, and uh, it's happening right before us, and the coronavirus is a key here. And I posted numbers up. Listen, 
check this out. Let me get back to my post here, what I posted up here, so I can give you the right numbers here, so I can understand here what I, you know, because you got to be correct sometimes, you know, look. Let me explain something to you. You know, it takes time to collect data, obviously, all right? But let, let's look at the data here, okay? The actual data. Now, someone explained it to me the other day. I was talking to somebody from the Republican. He explained to me that, we knew, you know, your birth certificate, you know, when you're born, that, you know, you're you're obviously, you know, a part of the slave system now. You're born, you're birthed into the system. You, we don't have to get into all that, but you come out of the, your mother's water and, Admiralty Maritime Law, all that crap, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you, you get your birth certificate, your birth, boom, you got your bank routing numbers on the bottom right-hand corner of your birth certificate. Um, you get a birth certificate, certificate, you never get the origin of birth, you never get that, that, that document, that goes to the Register of Deeds, that goes to the Federal Reserve Bank and Cartel, and that now becomes, that is a uh, commodity on the market, and you are the commodity now. If you die, you're given a death certificate, right? So if you die from a, a, a unknown, like, for instance, this pandemic, that, that's why it's so important they give these names and they register these trademark names because the rest of the world then – so they can cash in. Because you see, the United States, what do you do when you own a business or a corporation? Let's say you own a corporation and you uh, are bankrupt and you just can't make no more money no more. Let's just say, uh, for instance, like me, a landscaper. Okay, I own a landscaping business. I got two pickup trucks, uh, landscape utility trailers, three zero turn lawnmower, the skid steer, tractor, blah blah blah. I'm bankrupt. I can't make it no more. So what I do is I break up everything and I sell it off, right? Well, that's what this United States District of Criminals is doing right now. That's why they're able to pass five trillion dollar stimulus package bills because they're not going to pay for it. They're not going to pay. They're not going to pay the national deficit. They're not going to do it, but they, everybody wants to ride this ride as long as possible. I mean, you got, you got, know, we're not there yet. We haven't created this war. We haven't killed enough people yet. We haven't gotten us into World War III yet. You know, listen, there's power. There's, there's a global governance going on here. There's people here making decisions. There's people here trying to stop it. There's people trying to wake you up like me. There's other people out there that are trying to stand up for what is right. We had a conversation earlier tonight about character, you know, what is good and what is bad and what is evil. You know, so we're the we're good, obviously. We're trying to do the right thing. We believe in life, humanity, the right to live, the right to choice, the right to choose, you know, the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But you see, that's not what the rest of the world wants anymore. You know, these these people are the elites in control. They don't want it anymore. So let me get to that part there, get that going here, our new world order, and uh, we'll uh, go from there and uh, play you this for a little memori- memor- memory, 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 memory sake, I guess you could say. All right, let's see here. <laughs>
explosion. And to me, it sounded like it, to me, it sounded like an explosion in, in the building. The roller sound sounded like the building collapsed. Were there other people? That's why I say people. In the moment, we heard a big explosion coming down. Everything just went black. Everything came down. Glass stopped popping. And people got hurt. Stuff went on top of them. And
bad person. He's the one that's causing all the trouble. And then Lucifer's going to be the one as the savior, just like the globalists, just like Bush, just like the criminal neocons and the Illuminati. So they're following suit with their god, Lucifer, the devil. Big Brother. Mainstream media. Government cover-ups. You want answers? Well, so does he. He's Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. And now, live from Austin, Texas, Alex Jones. Literally hundreds of fake terror alerts, and in every case, it has come out, even in the mainstream news, that they were staged. White House Press Secretary, weeks before he resigned, Ari Fleischer, admitted to the press corps. We found the transcript of that and have reposted it. Admitted that they issued fake terror alerts for political reasons. I have CB News with a report admitting it. I have the Washington Times. And I have detailed reports uh, from Europe documenting this, as well as articles we've done at PrisonPlanet.com and InfoWars.com. What you're witnessing right now, though, with the uh, supposed replay of the Operation Bojinka, I believe is a major indicator that the balloon may be going up. We are about to see the beginning of World War III. I believe that we have a 90 percent chance. In fact, I think it's higher than 90 percent. I would say probably 95 percent chance right now that we are going to see World War III in the next two months. The confluence of data, the information, I have analyzed it, I have looked at it, and barring a heroic effort by the American people to go absolutely ape on the Internet and calling into radio talk shows and C-SPAN and the Congress, minus that, and, and probably regardless, we are going to see the massive attack on Iran, a huge escalation in Lebanon. Of course, that will all follow huge terrorist attacks in the United States. I have not been so sure of anything since I went on air two months before 9-11 and told you call the White House, tell them do not attack the World Trade Center, do not blame it on your CIA asset Osama bin Laden. Well, I'm here to tell you that I have looked at the data, I have uh, done the analysis, I have projected forward uh, where these lines lead, where these operations uh, collude and come together, and I'm telling you we're going into martial law, we're going into World War III, 90% chance right now that we're going to see this by October and maybe even sooner. We are going into this thing right now 110% at, 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 at you know, Mach 20 here, ladies and gentlemen, with our hair on fire. The criminals are basically flailing around. Uh, this flailing is their desperate attempt to maintain control, and they may bring down the entire Western world when they do it. This makes the Cuban Missile Crisis look like a tea party compared to what we're facing right now. So call your friends, call your family, call everybody you know, call into the radio talk shows, tell everyone to tune into this radio broadcast in the next three hours. They're A to Z. It's a 400-page concordance of what they're doing 
from 9-11 to the rise of the Antichrist, and occasionally it turns people off to mention that these people are into the occult, that they worship Lucifer, but that's the, that's the key issue here. So that's what this is all building up to, and it covers most of the main topics from 9-11, Operation Northwoods, to how the Freemasons... Cybernetics, the microchips, everything. Everything. It's coming down. Every chapter ties into the next, and it is a concordance of the New World Order. It's available exclusively at theresistancemanifesto.com. So people will call me up or email me, well, tell me more. What about this? What about this? And, you know, I've written a 400-page book explaining what, what's happening. And so if, if you would like to know my insight on it, uh, well, the Satanists themselves out of their very own book. So they're the ones that are saying what they're doing. I know. I mean, how do you have a German chancellor saying, we're the Bilderberg Group, we run the planet, I love doing rituals at the Grove in Germany, but I, my favorite place is with the Bushes in, in, in California. I mean, this is German presidents, folks. And the book, Externalization of the Hierarchy, which I'm sure is in the Stone Bones Doom Library, mandatory reading for the globalists, lays it all out. It says that they've infiltrated the church. It says that the Freemasons are the true key holders of the light. And it says that once they have built up their strength strong enough so that nobody can stop them, that they're going to come out from the shadows. They're going to externalize the hierarchy and announce that, yes, we've, we've been doing this for thousands of years working in secret and so now we can we can tell you now that our savior uh, lucifer has has come so that's what it's about and then, by the way you've all got to die before our heaven can be here uh let's uh let's go ahead and take some calls but i i, I just want to read let's play the sean Andy clips first go ahead and roll it Okay, 
I've got that on video, but then you're a kook. See, I mean, you, and notice you did a great job there by saying, hey, go ahead, hang up on me, you mockingbird propagandist. He had to then give you a little bit or he'd sound bad. You really set him up good there. The implant microchip will store data information such as fingerprint, footprint, eye scan, DNA genotype, financial status, and personal history. No one will be able to buy or sell without it. One will identify the individual with the mark. Oh yes, the ID card will also be coded with numbers. And the number is... 600, three score, and six. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is Six hundred, three score, and six. Last night, I destroyed the old Bailey to remind this country of what it has forgotten. More than four hundred years ago, a great citizen wished to invent the 5th of November forever in our memory. His hope was to remind the world that fairness, justice, and freedom are more than words. They are perfect. Government remain unknown to you, then I would suggest that you allow the 5th of November to pass unmarked. But if you see what I see, if you feel as I feel, and if you would seek as I seek, then I ask you to stand beside me one year from tonight outside the gates of Parliament, and together we shall give them a 5th of November that shall never, ever be All you have to do is test positive for this genetic material in your body, and I'll save it. And it doesn't matter if you get hit by a truck. They'll still put you down as a death, simply because you tested positive for this genetic material at some stage, and they don't even know if the genetic material you tested positive for is actually because... There's never been, been a Koch's postulate done. They've never isolated or actually identified this virus as actually existing. So the whole thing's just a big scam, folks. But, you know, that's why they're getting their second way, because they're pushing this testing. They're making the testing mandatory. And anybody they test is pretty well going to come up positive. I mean, if a pawpaw can come up positive, if engine oil can come up positive, if you can send tests in that haven't even had anybody's, um, you know, uh, sample put on them and they still come back positive, then pretty well anybody and anything is going to test positive, folks. Most people have had a flu vaccine will test positive, so that's how they're getting their second wave. It's just media-driven. There is no second wave because there wasn't a first wave. There is no, folks. It's a complete scam. It's all about crashing the world economic system. And it's, it's going to get crazier and crazier yet. What they want to do, you know, the COVID pass. I mentioned to you a few reports ago, the COVID pass they want to bring in, the mandatory 
pass that everybody needs to have to show they're infection-free, all the stuff they want to do. Um, they're trialling it in Africa now. They're calling it a trust pass. Isn't that nice? A trust pass to make sure you're vaccinated. A vaccination record payment system is what they're talking about. This is the payment system. They want you to be scanned, retinal scanned, facial scanned, biometric scans, and that's how you're going to be paying. You won't need cash anymore. You won't even need your smartphone anymore. You will be paying with your face. And of course, you will need a record of vaccination in order to enter the store to begin with. And that's the way they want to play it, folks. March 31st, 2025 is when the whole procedure finishes. Interesting date, folks, 2025. We are set to be in a very, very different reality to what we are now. By 2025, the whole system will be controlled by AI. That's the way it's going. If you can understand AI, you can understand that AI is working to gain control for itself. And you understand how these computer models work and why they're so you know, over the top. But if you can think of a way of controlling and corralling human beings, then it all begins to make sense. It doesn't matter if the figures are wrong. They just want human consciousness to go in a certain way. And they want to merge us with the machine. And you know, the question is, who is they? And when you look at it, folks, it's like they is now... AI. The AI is already there. You know, we're waiting for artificial intelligence to emerge, but really it's already emerged, folks. It's already there online. Artificial intelligence is already a reality. We're just not looking at things the right way. And what it's doing is it's basically creating a system whereby we are going to be completely dependent upon artificial intelligence in order to survive, in order to perform everyday activities, even going outside and purchasing a meal. You're going to need uh, the whole thing controlled by artificial intelligence to be able to move through that reality, through the new world they're creating. And the politicians, well, I don't even think the politicians know exactly what they're doing. I think too many people who've been involved in setting this up really bargained for what they were going to be getting. But um, it's going to get crazier and crazier yet. Um, this whole economic system, it's going to go down so hard. The government's now saying, oh, we may have misjudged how bad the economic situation's going to be. No, they haven't misjudged anything. They already knew how bad the economic situation was going to be, which is why they did all this, to cover up how bad the economic situation is going to be. They have to crash the economy, but provide an excuse for it to crash. It doesn't look like it was them when it was. 2025, when the internet becomes fully autonomic on its own and it controls things itself the world is going to change and our relationship with the internet is going to change in 2015 we kind of got to the point of no return the point where we are becoming so dependent upon the internet and so dependent upon electronic systems to manage our everyday affairs we've kind of crossed that rubicon and it's only going to become um and more dependent. We're, only get, we're just going to see a situation where our, our dependency is increased upon all this technology and that's going to go up to about 2025 when we're going to be completely dependent upon it and at that point the internet itself takes control of things and then it decides who can and cannot 
access the internet. I mean, I really think that's the way it's going to go, folks. Prepare to step out of the system altogether, or at least be, be ready to step out of the system around about 2025, because, you know, I think that is our window of opportunity. The next five years are going to be very, very telling, folks. The next five years are going to see complete restructuring of this entire social system, and it's going to be worldwide. There's no countries that are going to escape from this. It's, it's the entire world is going to go through this change, folks. And we are at the tipping point right now. So, yeah, I think it's important to pay attention, folks. And if you're not going to get angry and stand up and do something about this, then at least get prepared for the future that is unfolding, you know, because if we don't change it, it's just going to unfold and we're going to get dragged into it by all the sleeping masses. That's just the way it is. So, you know, we have to uh, be prepared to either go with that or have some plan B where we are in a position where we can step out of that system and step back into reality, step back into a relation with the earth. If someone had said to you in December that by April, millions of people all over the world would be infected with a mysterious new virus that has no vaccine, you'd think they were talking about a Hollywood script. It happens so fast, it almost doesn't seem real. A new normal. 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 The new normal. The new normal. The new normal. The new normal. This new normal is going to look very, very different. Not normal, but a new normal. The new normal. New normal. There will be a new normal. A new normal. New normal. A new normal. The new normal. A new normal. This is the new normal. This is our new normal. Our new normal. A new normal. Our new normal. New normal. The new normal. Our new normal. We will transition into the new normal very long time. We could argue that it's, it started right away, but it's certainly been telescopic in its uh, belligerence and in its intensity. Here we are uh, right now, 2021, and we've got a group of people in this country who for a very long time have sought to circumvent our Constitution, destroy our way of life. Why do I say this? Because the position of those in power predominantly the Democrat Party, but certainly the Repub some of the Republicans as well, the necessary precondition for any part of their agenda is that we, the American people, every man, woman, and child, must surrender our time, money, or freedom in order to achieve their utopian goals. We've been brought to a point in which so many people in power, what their vision is, what their goal is for this nation, is so incompatible to the American Republic that to call it anything less than war would be irresponsible. We're facing a war that we've never been successful against this. Whereas we're facing a person or a group of people that every single component, every piece of information, every bit of propaganda, every proposed goal, whether it's budgetary, whether it's assault on the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, the Tenth, no matter which part of the Bill of Rights is so at odds with the foundation of this republic that to call it anything less is delusional. I would even be so bold as to call it they want to bring about a theocracy, but not a theocracy of religion. They despise and mock religion in every aspect of it. They despise the First Amendment. I would call it the religion of the state, the religion of government, in which government is elevated against the individual. The Constitution is the opposite of that. The Constitution is a blueprint against government. The Constitution is a blueprint in favor of individual liberty. The Constitution, by its very essence, limits government.
It limits the power of the state, especially at the federal level. We're at the point now where the collective is always glorified. The collective, the state, collective rights, as if there is such a thing. So why do these people rely on the collective so much? Well, I would say, number one, they're weak. I would say they couldn't make it on their own. Anything that involves personal responsibility, anything that involves the individual, anything that involves an individual seeking to pursue their own happiness is dangerous to these people. Why? They're weak. They cannot do it on their own. They despise individual liberty. They despise individual decision-making. They despise anybody pursuing happiness outside of government. When I hear things like fundamental transformation, fundamental change, why are they fundamentally seeking to change this country? Why are they fundamentally seeking to overthrow our government from within? Why is the news complicit in all of this? Why is every educational system out there poised to poison the minds of young people against the greatest country that's ever been in existence? The answer is when you fundamentally change something, that means you are absolutely reverse engineering what has worked. On this Constitution Day, we're looking at information. These young people are bombarded with, with incorrect information, propaganda that's designed to poison their mind. Now, on this day, we have to declare what our rights are. If you're going to fight against something, first you have to state what your rights are. And in the United States of America, you have a fundamental right, an individual right, against government. You have a fundamental and individual right that your religion is respected. That your right to assemble is protected. Your right to petition is respected. Your right to have a free press corps is what it is. Your right to keep and bear arms. That's not a collective right. That's an individual right. The right of the people to keep and bear arms. We have a right to assemble with those firearms. We're fast approaching a government that is not representative but coercive in all aspects of life. Give up your guns or you'll be punished. Don't assemble or you'll be punished. Don't go to church or you'll be punished. All of these things. Get a jab or be punished. If you don't own your own body, if you don't own what goes into your body, you own nothing. The supremacy of the state is not the goal of this constitutional republic. The supremacy of the individual is the aim and always was, according to our founders. You need to understand what your rights are. Your rights are God-given. Your rights are unalienable. Your rights are yours and yours alone. They're not the state's. Well, now that we've declared what our rights are, how do we fix this? Number one, small groups, education. You as family members watching this, you need to educate your younger children. You need to educate your friends. First, we need to understand what those rights are. Those rights are individual liberty and limited government. That's what we're guaranteed. That's what a constitutional republic is. Secondly, we have to reject this paradigm that one group of Americans uh, has to succeed at the expense of the other. That's not true. We're all free to pursue our own happiness. And if education and organizing into small groups doesn't work, the last step would be outright nullification at the state and local level of any and unjust federal laws. But we may have to escalate that and push it forward into noncompliance. Noncompliance can come in the form of civil disobedience. Civil disobedience doesn't necessarily mean it's always nonviolent, does it? But I guess violence or nonviolence doesn't depend on us, the American people. That depends largely on the federal and even state governments in this country. 
Who are the real purveyors of violence? Is it people demanding their natural rights be respected? That our government rests on consent rather than coercion? Who is the one breaking that arrangement? Who's breaking the consent? Who's the one governing with violence? On this Constitution Day, we need to prepare for a fight that's coming. And that fight may or may not be physical, but I can also tell you this, that it will always start with a declaration of rights. It will always start whether we understand whether this government is legitimate or illegitimate. Legitimate government governs by consent of the people. And when you don't have consent of the people, you're not a legit government. So take the time on this Constitution Day to reflect whether you know your rights, number one, and secondly, whether government respects those rights. And moving forward, we have to know that we in the American Republic, in this constitutional republic, we, the people, are the ones who are sovereign, not the state. If you found the information in this video helpful, subscribe to the channel, follow me on Facebook, that link is down below. If you want to learn how to protect those rights, not only in the classroom, but out on the range, come on out to Valor Ridge and we can help you with that. This is Reed Hendricks with Valor Ridge reminding you, the lessons that we learn are written on the tombstones of others. We'll see you on the ridge.
each person. Ask yourself now, because sooner or later you're going to come to that line, and when they cross it, where you can say, well, okay, cross this line. Okay, now cross that line. Okay, now cross this line. And pretty soon, you're in a corner. Sooner or later, you've got to draw a line and stand your ground, whether anybody else does or not. of Robert Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, is clear evidence of a mass awakening. The people are waking up to see Fauci for what he is, an absolute psychopath. We've learned of how he directed experiments at the NIAID in which beagles had their vocal cords removed and their heads enclosed in cages where sand fleas ate them alive. And we've learned of how he fraudulently used PCR tests to illegitimately push a known deadly drug upon tens of thousands of people. And many are now learning that in 1992, under the direction of Anthony Fauci, the NIAID funded drug trials on HIV-positive children. Although many of the children were healthy and asymptomatic, they had merely tested positive via faulty PCR tests administered through New York's Child Welfare Department, who then handed them over to the deadly experiments. Most of the drugs being tested on the children were already known to cause deformities, organ failure, brain damage, and other lethal side effects. And yet, the children were required to continue with the drugs regardless of negative side effects. Those administering the drugs were explicitly told that all adverse side effects they witnessed in the children were being caused by the HIV infection and not the drugs. When parents refused to consent to these barbaric trials, children's services took their kids and placed them foster families or children's homes where participation in the trial would be assured. When the children resisted the deadly drugs, they were brought to Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, where plastic tubes were surgically inserted into their stomachs, and the deadly drugs they were trying to escape were pumped directly into their bodies. Once the children died, their bodies were added to a mass grave in Hawthorne, New York, a large pit with astroturf thrown over it. To get around the Nuremberg Code and other laws, the state of New York created a special review board comprised of the hospital stakeholders. One may wonder, other than torturing and killing innocent children, what were they trying to accomplish? They already knew of the negative side effects that these drugs were having on adults. But the more we learn about Anthony Fauci, the more we realize that he is an absolute psychopath. And it doesn't matter why psychopaths do what they do. Fauci and his criminal cohorts belong in cages, at the very least. Anthony Fauci is just one old crook in a massive conspiracy that is aggressively pushing to inject everyone's children with the new deadly and debilitating mRNA experimental jabs, whether you like it or not. 
Going after Fauci is a drop in the bucket, but at least it's a start. For Force.com, this is Greg Reese. to us big time folks it's such a lie like i mean and it's crazy because a lot of the brainwashed idiots that actually believe it are dragging the rest of us down into that reality of the unreality of it so it's it's unbelievable max egan uh australian guy who has a good channel he um he did a video on 2025 how long it's going to go far and all that it's pretty interesting i'll try to post that video again so you guys can see it but uh let's uh let's play a little bit more of this broadcast here because i wanted to like go over the some of this crap Organization warning of a very high global risk. President Biden tonight says the Omicron COVID variant is cause for concern and not a cause for panic. Here's what we know as we come on the air tonight. The variant first identified in South Africa has now been discovered in more than a dozen countries, including Canada, raising concern the speed of its transmission. Late today, the CDC recommending booster shots for everyone 18 and over who is beyond the folks. That's the answer to everything. Booster shots, right? That's the answer to it all. Let's go get some booster shots. People, you would be truly insane if you did go and do that because that means the end of your life, the end of your connection to God. All right, everybody. Joseph Gibson Podcast. But you don't understand the times we're still today. All right. Well, I think we gave you enough information there to chew on there for uh, a while there. So, uh, uh, late night podcast here, so uh, no callers calling in here, so that's that's probably probably a good thing actually. So six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press number one. Um, if not, then uh, we'll go ahead and uh, get ready to wrap up the podcast here. So uh, we'll uh, yeah we'll wrap it up here. All right then. Uh, hey, everybody that listens on the download, appreciate it. Have a good night.